Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. So to answer this couple, are you, or to answer this question from this couple, are you into couples? I guess I could be. I'm interested. How about that? I haven't been with a couple, but I'm interested in being with a couple. And the massage table sounds great. And we'll just have to see about what the definition of dominating me would be. It's the person and their genitals that get you hooked and make you want them. Cocks are hot. They're strong and big and throbbing and all that blood flow. Note to self, maybe you need to be more of a size queen. Maybe you, maybe that's one of the things you put on your, on my 20, 2022 list. I've never sought out a guy specifically for a cock size. Hey guys, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla. All right, let's get after it. I'm going to do a Q&A this time. I've had a lot of questions building up and a lot of times I'll just answer them one-on-one or I get the voicemails, which are really nice because I can just really quickly shoot you one back. And uh, I ripped through a bunch of those over the weekend. And now I just have some kind of a backlog of questions and I got a little lazy, didn't want to type. And I thought, well, hey, it's time for a Q&A. I haven't done one in a while. And I think this will probably just be the last one of the year. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? It's like the last month of the year. Holy shit. Where has the time gone? Okay. I'm going to try some of these questions. There's a couple questions that kind of push my buttons. I'll give a little warning. There's a, you might hear me getting a little feisty, but uh, I'm going to do my best to stay as diplomatic as I possibly can. If I lose it a bit, just give me a little grace because sometimes people I think people intentionally want to push my buttons. Okay, so let's see. First question. Are you into married couples? My boyfriend and I would love to dominate you on our massage table. Okay, well, I don't know that I'm into couples or not into couples. I haven't been with a couple. I haven't, still haven't done my threesome. Okay, but the year's not over. You just don't even know what I could pull out at the last minute. All right, I just want to say that. Give, give a little cliffhanger there. Okay. But next, I would love to be, I don't know about being dominated. I'd love to be dominated. Okay. And the massage table part sounds really good because who doesn't love a good massage? Me, I love a great massage. You guys know I've talked about this before. Gets a woman really excited, lubed up, ready to go, being touched, rubbed, massaged, played with, all that good stuff. But I don't know about the dominating by a woman. That's my problem. I just don't think I can be submissive to a woman. And I don't really know what they mean by being, I'm not sure because I don't know what you mean by being dominated. (laughs) So I guess it depends. So to answer this couple, are you, or to answer this question from this couple, are you into couples? I guess I could be. I'm interested. How about that? I haven't been with a couple, but I'm interested in being with a couple. And the massage table sounds great. And we'll just have to see about what the definition of dominating me would be. Because 
Maybe. The answer to that's maybe, depending on all the fine details, right? The devil's in the details. Okay, uh, next question. I recently separated. Where are all the discreet ladies who just want to have fun? This person put discreet in like parentheses. I don't know exactly what you mean. See, I'm reading between the lines here. And recently separated. Well, to me, that just means you're not divorced and you're still married. And are you wondering why ladies aren't clamoring to just get at you? I don't know. I don't know who sold you that bullshit. (laughs) Who told you that myth? I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but I have it on good authority. A lot of women don't want to be with married men. I consider myself one of those personally, for sure. And it's just not some sought after commodity unless you're married yourself and that you find a good match with two people who I guess want to be, because you're using the word discreet. So nobody jump all over me. You can be married in an open relationships and having fun with married partners. There's all different kinds of dynamics and ways to slice and dice this. But the way I'm taking this, because I'm reading between the lines here is where is all the women that just want to screw a married guy and have quote unquote discreet fun? Discreet always signals to me that you know, the next thing they're going to say is, I don't want to change my life. I'm not going to change anybody's life. You know, just want to have some NSA fun. Who the fuck sold men on this idea that it's so desirable for a single footloose and fancy-free woman to, who has all the options in the world to be with your limited ass? (laughs) You don't have all the options. You have to sneak around. You have to, you have a boss, basically. It's like, I look at it this like, like this. You have a dominant. Your wife is not going to be my dominant. She's not going to run my sex life based on her time frame and when you can sneak away and when you can have your phone on and when you can't and all that stupid bullshit. And you're wondering why women aren't like, oh my God, this is so great. Well, that's why. Okay, because you're the dead weight. You're the dead weight. It's not attractive. You're not, it, I mean, it really, it's just not attractive. I don't know. For me, I can, again, I can only speak for myself. And I know a lot of women feel this way. It's like, (laughs) let me just straddle myself with a bunch of limitations and that's good enough for me. Now, just because you married into it and that's the way your life is, don't assume other people want to buy into that. They don't. So that I guess that's the best way I can answer it. So I don't know where all the ladies are that want to date a married guy be extremely limited on what they can and can't do, have to sneak around, don't get to go out in public, don't get to go out to dinner, don't get, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever the limitations are, can't talk to you at night because you got to turn your phone off at certain times. You leave the house in the morning and then you're calling. You know, it's like talk free times. You know, I don't know. Like, this is just, I mean, of course, you're never going to do stuff on the holidays. Like, I mean, you know, it's just crazy. I don't know. I, I, you know, again, I don't know. Unless you have the same exact limitations, then I don't think that this is desirable for a lot of women, I guess would be my answer. So you just want to find somebody that's in the same boat as you, I would say. And they're married. They don't want to get a divorce. Obviously, there's something wrong with the relationship. They don't want to fix it or whatever. And you guys just want to have sex on the side. And you both have the same, you're equals in this fact that you bring the same amount of baggage and limitation and dead weight to this. (laughs) There you go. All right. I'm sorry. I know that sounds maybe, it's not meant to be rude, but it is meant to be direct and honest. And you can count on me for directness and honesty. Okay. I have a thing for older women Let me take you out and show you around. I'm close to you in Florida and I'm 26 years old. Okay, 26. No. (laughs) No, I mean, thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's very sweet. I am flattered, but I just want to avoid guys in their 20s. And I don't feel like it's been my experience and not to say that there aren't exceptions to the rule. It's been my experience that guys at that age aren't what I'm looking for. And not that it's not about the sex part of it. I've found that there's a lot of good lovers, men that are really talented in their 20s. And surprisingly, which is funny because you guys know I've I've had younger, you know, girls in their 20s that are saying, I can't, guys are so bad in their 20s. And I'm like, well, I don't know. That hasn't been my experience. I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised with the exception of, I don't know, just the maturity level, the Uh, And I think part of it's life experience and just, you know, I've gone through more stuff than they have at this point. And it's not to say they won't get there, but it's, it's a lot more fun when there's also relatability. So it's great to have hot sex because that's definitely, well, hot. Get your pussy wet. It's exciting. It's an aphrodisiac. But the mental connection is the other component of that. And just feeling that at least regardless of where this is going to go or isn't going to go, there's still this excitement and it makes it so much better when you also have this cerebral connection. And that comes from commonality and just understanding of who the other person is, which is easier to do when you're closer in age. So for that reason, I will respectfully decline, but I wish you the best and I'm somebody's probably going to have a real fun time with you. Okay, next one. I love your episode on being digmatized. When was the last time you were digmatized? Hmm. Well, let me think. There's kind of two answers to this, I'd say. I I would say I've probably always been digmatized by Mr. Big. <laughs> on that note, I've just that. But there's a whole lot that goes into that. It's not just the dick. It's the, you know, digmatized is, it's not straight up about the dick and the penis and having a hard cock. I mean, I get plenty of offers from guys that just have a dick pic and a hard cock and they send it to me and that's not appealing. I mean, I can tell they have a, they're in great shape, have beautiful physiques, all that stuff. But there's something that to me isn't, it's just more than that. When you're digmatized, digmatizing is you're using everything you got. Your dick is part of it, but there's other little things that our female brain needs to be turned on in order to get us to that digmatized state. So definitely Mr. Big's probably the longest digmatizer, <laughs> considering he's, you know, since when I first met him back when I was 18. And let me think. And well, you guys know, you've listened to this podcast. There's been definitely guys that I've dated long-term that had me digmatized because again, all the components are there working, clicking on all cylinders. So it's not just about having a dick. (laughs) Like he's got a dick. Now it says male on your birth certificate. Okay, I assume you have one. Quite a few people on this planet are male and have dicks. So it's just not that simple. Okay. That's just, you're just checking the first box. And I bet you even, I'll bet you even same sex couples, female same sex couples could be digmatized. We could generically say digmatized. They're clipmatized, right? Same thing. They probably, I know, experience the same thing, but it's the whole thing. It's that whole, it's the person and their genitals that 
get you hooked and make you want them. And again, it doesn't even have to be that you're in love with them. It's just, it's a lustful state that happens when you know somebody and intimately and you have a little bit of history and some commonality and then it starts to happen. Okay, so here next one. I just started listening to you. Do you still see any of the guys you were still seeing in year one and two? I've been listening and you've mentioned people here and there, but it seemed like you had the most connections during that time. Yes. So I, let's see here. Am I seeing them proper? Other Aside from like Mr. Big, who's been there the whole time, although I never mentioned him back in the, back in the day. I still am friends with, I'm still friends with a lot of them. I'm still really good friends with Clark. I don't remember when the last time I spoke to BE was, but you know, we did catch up a little bit, you know, over text and he was telling me a lot about what was going on with him. I would say that's probably the one person I wish I still talked to more. I really, that's the one person I wish I could have made things work out with more. And I think that was just a timing issue, but I think he was probably really well suited. We were probably really well suited for each other. I just maybe was busy being digmatized elsewhere. (laughs) And that was kind of kept me from fully appreciating him, but I definitely know what an amazing guy he is. And he's probably the one person I would love to, if I could rekindle with somebody, it'd probably be him. Oh, speaking of that, it's interesting. So I just, you know, who just popped on the radar the other day was uh, Titanic. But as you guys know, you listen to me, right? And I nixed Titanic because of, well, a lot of reasons, but Finally, I was just so stupid with the whole period sex thing. I'm like, uh uh-uh. And when you know, you know. And there were a lot of, there's a lot of reasons that go into why I didn't want to continue to move it forward with him. And then the period sex thing just was the cherry on top of that shit Sunday. So I (laughs) let that go. But he did pop on there the other day. And it's interesting from his perspective, he just said that he really felt like we had something special and a connection and that he misses me. And I just have such, you know, it's interesting. I just have such a hard time believing him. I don't, for various reasons, I don't trust him. And I told him that. I, I just, I told him that the other night. I'm like, you know, I just don't trust you. Like, I don't trust you. And there was just a time where he just didn't really just not treating me right. And he apologized for that. And I want to say that he did. He definitely, he apologized for it, but I didn't believe his apology. And I don't, I just felt like it was like, okay, just, you know, let me apologize so that we can, I can move this forward the way I want it to go. And I never felt like he actually, A, was really sorry about any of his not very kind behavior and B, was sincere in apologizing and recognizing that he just shouldn't have done it. And, you know, it was stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. I mean, just when you can, when someone can't get you to do what they want you to do, then they start kind of being mean. So that that is like, it's like, you think that's going to work. You play every card in your hand, you know, and then you resort to mean, and that just doesn't work with me. And so I'm, so I'm surprised when he circles back and says, you know, that he has, Thinks, still thinks of me all the time or thinks of me often. I don't want to take put words in his mouth. Wants to see me, you know, wants to get together, uh, wants me in his life, you know, and I'm just like, I just think, you know what I think it is, honestly. Sometimes guys are not used to someone who says what they mean 
and and means what they say, especially when when they say I'm done and they mean it. I'm done, <laughs> you know. And it's I guess that you know he's very charming and doesn't probably get that a lot. And so I just think I feel like it's I don't really feel like it's me he's interested in. I think it's just more of a conquest or a, it's an ego thing. I've never felt that he's sincere. So that's my biggest stumbling block with him. That I just don't believe he's sincere. And it's too bad because we did have a lot of really fun things. Like if I, it, it would be fun to rekindle with him, but I just, like I said, there's just no trust there. And once you know, once that's gone, I mean, it's just gone. And it's just very, very hard to, for me, I am not very forgiving. It's a downfall, I'll admit. I'm not very forgiving. And once I, you know, once I make a decision, it's really unhard for me to unring a bell because I just, I've done what I feel is right for me. And it's hard to get me to come off that. You know, you'd have to show me some big change. And I don't really know that that's possible. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's, you know, just stick to, I mean, people sticking to their guns is important, but definitely they, we had a lot of chemistry and a lot of fun. There was a really a lot of fun. I mean, I will always think of him fondly and I don't want the stuff that caused our demise to overshadow how much fun we did have. We had, there was a lot of chemistry and hot, heavy and emotions and feelings and just fun, you know, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed the vast majority of it. But the stuff that was shitty was just too shitty <laughs> for me to want to put up with. So there we go. Okay. I don't know. I just went off on a tangent there. How you're just asking if I, you're, I kind of asked a real straightforward question and I just sort of went off on a, a bender, but no, I guess I'm not really seeing anybody uh, per se. And I, you know, like I said, I would, I love to, now there's distance though. Like I'd love to see Clark again and more and we still talk. I'd love to CBE and, and I don't have, you know, I mean, most of these guys are great guys. So yeah, there I'm, my door's open to most of them. Okay. Love the swinger episode is something I'm totally interested in. Are you going to have more episodes on that topic? Again, I really enjoyed it. Let me just tell you, I, that was probably one of my funnest interviews or just, I really enjoyed that. Guys, if you haven't listened to it, it's crud. I don't know what the episode number is. It's just the one right before this, my Saturday episode right before this release. So go back one episode and give it a listen. Cole and Amanda, they're really the real deal. I think what I what I like most about them is I love when I come across couples that are real couples. Like, and when I mean real couples, I just mean they're in it for the long haul. They're sex positive with each other. They have great communication. They haven't just turned into roommates and ships passing in the night who are co-parenting, who have sex on occasion. But aside from that, it's really just friends. I mean, you take married people that used to be hot and excited for each other. And now they're just friends with benefits sometimes, some of the times. And a lot of the times they don't get a lot of benefits and there's no communication and they're not being honest with each other. And when I come across a couple that is really as in tune with each other as these two, I love it. Just like, yes, it gives me hope. It's inspirational. Plus they're, you know, they're, they're having fun. They're making their sex lives a priority and they put effort and time and energy into it. So I hope that I do have more 
swingers on that are solid like them, that are really solid in their relationship and with what they do in the lifestyle. I would absolutely love that. And I'd, I'd actually, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I think you know, I'm going to try to explore a little bit more of that next year for me personally, just really trying to, I've, I don't know why I've avoided couples but I'm going to try not to. I'm really going to try to embrace it and get more comfortable with couples and being part of that and going to events and doing things and putting myself out there a little bit more. I have stayed away from so far, you know, really going to things, mixing and mingling. And I I haven't had to make much of an effort. And But I want to because I feel like there's two schools of thought when you're like, sex positive, I guess, like I am. You could be out there making it happen or you can be sitting back and letting things come to you. Well, a lot, you know, and there's a pros and cons with each one, but I definitely see the advantage of being the one that's pre-qualifying somebody and then reaching out to them or putting an effort out there instead of sitting back passively and just letting anybody approach me. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because a lot of times it's mostly, you know, it's a bunch of no's and then a few yeses. And I feel like if I'm putting myself out there more, I'll have a better well, it'll be funner and be broadening my horizons and just learning more. And I I need to kind of get back to that. I need to get back to how I was in the very beginning, just very gung-ho and putting a lot of effort into it. So I think that's what what I will be focusing on. So therefore, I, I do hope to have more swingers on. Yeah, I think that would be great too. Okay, what do you love most about a man's cock? Oh, oh my, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I just have all these images in my head right when when I read that. Oh my gosh. I mean, of course, of course, of the first thing I went to is just the visual. I don't know. Like, I mean, cocks are hot. They're strong and big and throbbing and all that blood flow. I love when a when a man's right, when he's about ready to come and his balls get really tight and they kind of like, you know, they pull, they get sucked up in there. <laughs> And you can just tell like they're just aching and full and ready to explode. Uh, I just love, I love how hard, I just like how hard and angry they get, you know, when, when, when a man has an erection and when he's really turned on and just fucking the shit out of you. And some cocks are very attractive. I mean, definitely. I don't know. I was thinking about like, about this, like, do I have a visual cock type? I don't know. I mean, just, I don't think so. I just, I think that it really just kind of, it's about the aesthetics and the whole package. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, I did, I'll tell you something. I did come across, this is interesting. I did come across uh, today, somebody who was wanting to friend me who had a really, really big dick and he looked like a porn star. He looked like he'd done porn and I could tell by his pictures and stuff. They were just very professional looking. So I'm like, okay, he's somehow been in the industry some way, somehow. And he does have a giant, you know, a pretty, a a big cock. I think it's like 10, almost 11 inches and like seven inches around or in girth. So I'm quickly wishing I had my my, um, tape measure in front of me or my whatever, the flexible one, you know, where I could just like, I want a seven and a half inches around. I don't know how big that is, but that sounds pretty big to me. Anyway, I did, I mean, I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, that's a big, beautiful cock. I mean... I did, couldn't, you know, couldn't deny it. I'm like, and I was turned on. I was like, okay, note to self, maybe you need to be more of a size queen. Maybe you, maybe that's one of the things you put on your, on my 20, 2022 list. I've never sought out a guy specifically for 
a cock size. It would be fun to have some encounters with some guys that had just really, really, really big dicks. And I maybe there's a part of me that's like, don't get going down that road. <laughs> What if you get what if you get hooked on it or addicted to it or I don't know. I mean, what if you get digmatized by a big old cock and then that's all you want? I mean, I have a dildo that's pretty big. It is there's and I only play with that every once in a while. I mean, I have to be in the mood for it. There's definitely great different sensations that you get when you're really stretched out with a big one and when a guy can really like pound, you know, or hit your A spot and make you squirt and with his dick, that's really hot. And even just like when he slaps your pussy with it, like your clit, especially, oh my gosh, like that feels so good. I don't know. I mean, I do, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I love big dicks and big hands. Mm. So I like big guys. I mean, I like big, tall men, strong uh, and just virile. <laughs> No, I don't know. There's something about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, what do I love about the co- big, co- you know, or I, what, you didn't ask me about big cocks. You just, they just asked me, this person just asked me about what I love about a man's cock. I mean, they're really smooth too. You know, that skin, it's actually when it's like, when you guys get a hard on, it's all stretched out and tight. They're kind of like little, it's like little moles. It's like little, like a little mole, you know, when it's soft. <laughs> But it's still, the skin is soft. But then when you get a hard on, it's like, it's still, the skin is really smooth, but it's now it's nice and just taut and hard and angry. Mm. Yes. So I like that. I don't know if I answered your question. I'm not sure. There's just a lot of things. And, you know, I'm, I am visually turned on by them, but not surprise ones in my inbox. So please, I've said this a zillion times, like, no, I don't want dick, random dick pics. That actually turns me off because when you're arrogant about it and you just assume that I'm just going to like love your cock just because. Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now you have a dick because you were born a man and you got the genetics like that's just stupid no don't do that okay let's see i listened to your podcast a few times women have come so far to get equality and not be harassed and looked at as objects and it's women like you that set us back okay i usually don't like address any sort of negative stuff in my Q&As anymore. Because I do still, you know, from time to time, it's not very often, but from time to time I get, you know, a hater or a troll or something like this. But I felt like this was gray zone. I didn't feel like this was total hate mail. (laughs) And I actually thought that this was good, interesting, because I, for the longest time, there's a subject, there's a podcast I have had brewing inside of me for years. 
And it's one of those, like every once in a while you have one that you do and you're like, I don't know, should I do that one or not? This There's literally a podcast that's been in me that wants to get out for several years now and I haven't done it. And it's sort of, this person's kind of nibbling around the edges um, on this subject matter. And it is, it's about the way women are perceived and sexually as sex objects and sort of how to manage that and mitigate that, but also about the way that I have been subject to that. I think, and I'll get, I will address this person in just a second here, but I think that there's been so many changes, positive changes, some positive and some negative when it comes to this stuff. And I won't say, when I say negative, I guess what I mean is it's good that we're, yes, that we're evolving and women are being harassed and demeaned and all that stuff. However, it does still go on. And I have no idea how, what this person's age is. They don't indicate that. They do indicate that they're female. Again, I'm not using, I'm not, I don't say people's names and things like that. I want everyone to be able to feel like they can write into me and stay anonymous. But I have been a part of the generation that was harassed not that long ago before this Me Too movement happened. You got harassed and you fucking lived with it. I mean, I remember the first time I kind of got harassed. You know, I was like 13 years old. And that was scary that time at that age. And I've had every, you name it, every ding dong, stupid boss. I've been sexually harassed, men putting their hands on their knees. I've had bosses stalk me, drive by my house, call me on the weekends, try to say there's been, a, you know, when I travel out of town with them on for business, say, oh, there was a mistake and we're, we're, we're booked in the same room, you know, hoping that I will sleep with them. Uh, I've had them try to, presidents of companies try to isolate me and tell me that if it wasn't for, for them, that I would have been hired and nobody really likes me, but you know, I'm, they're the reason I'm there. I mean, as a young woman, you can, you in my early twenties, late teens, you name it, it's all been happened. It's all happened. Bosses trying to get me drunk, blow my blouse open, groping me, grabbing my ass, inappropriate shit, having me sit on their lap. It's just, it has come with the territory. So what I've done with all that is I never looked at it at the time because it's it was different. You know, we didn't, again, you were afraid, this person's in power, things like that. You just, what I did was I just found ways to deal with it in a way that produced a result that I wanted, okay? Not in a way that made me a victim. I understood that this shit goes on. No, I don't like it. No, it's not fair, but... I got to be smart enough and quick enough and fast enough to navigate my way out of this and still get the end result that I wanted. So for me, it made me a good problem solver and it made me quick on my feet, fast. I never put myself in, I got out of situations that I didn't want to be in and I found a way to do it and still get what I wanted. And that to me was the real power. That was what was empowering about it. So when I get something like this from someone who I would say has maybe, again, I don't know what their age is, but they possibly reap the benefits from someone like me who was sharp, quick, and found their way out of it and also schooled some guys along the way. And if I ever do that episode, I will reveal more about that. But these women are getting the benefit of that. And so don't try to push me down. You don't get, you know, that you don't get one benefit without everybody that's sort of 
gone through it as well. Just because I'm not doing hashtag me too and that kind of stuff, don't assume that I haven't been there. But let's also, but I also want to say, don't assume that it's not that I should have to be any less sexy, sexual, play myself down in any way because a man can't control himself or be professional in the workplace. And and also just that I can't be pro-sex, that I can't be in control of my own femininity. When you say that women have been looked at and objectified, it's because we haven't been in control of our own sexual prowess, our own femininity. And I happen to feel that I am very much in control and in touch with that stuff. And I'm proud of that fact. I'm proud of the fact that I can take control of my sex life, that I can have different kinds of relationships on my terms, whether they're straight up sex, whether I'm gonna fuck you and not even know your goddamn name, or I'm head over heels in love. I'm the one that gets to decide. And that's the difference. So nothing's expected. It's not that I have to do it one way or the other. I get the benefit of doing whatever it is I feel like. And sometimes I feel like fucking like a dude, you know, if you if you want to put it in those terms. Sometimes I like to just be footloose and fancy free. And then other times I enjoy the benefits of closeness and connection and relationships. And the beauty of it is that I should be able to have it both ways and not be ridiculed. And and so, you know, to to get a little bit of a backward slap from a female, again, you know, ladies, I just have to say, like, you can't build us up as women and then have some of us that are tearing us down. You just, you really just got to go with, go with the flow here. So I don't agree that I'm setting women back. I don't, yeah, I really don't agree with that at all. And we are attractive to men. And we are desirable sex sex objects on some level and but we're more than that and so i think that there's a way to have the full package you can be beautiful sexy hot smart and in control and i don't need anybody trying to tell me that i can't have it all cuz i believe that i can and that's what i work towards okay describe your vagina <laughs> I'm dying to know what it looks like. Okay, well that's a good, that's quite a that's quite a uh, question sh- shift, right? After talking about female empowerment, now let's talk about now let's objectify my vagina. What does it look like? I don't know. Oh my gosh, I don't know. It looks like a vagina. <laughs> I don't know. Now, this is the one thing I probably can't do. I could describe myself in very good detail, all parts of my body, but now you're asking me to talk about my vagina and like put it on a pedestal. You're asking me to put my vagina on a pedestal and I'm having a hard time with that. Now I'm getting shy and now I'm getting bashful. I don't know. I I don't know. It's, I mean, I think it's nice looking, but I think vaginas are sexy. I think women's bodies are beautiful. I really do. I mean, I'm not... By any stretch, uh, you know, I don't even consider myself, I don't consider myself bisexual, but I can look at a woman's body and be like, damn, that's just stunning. I can admire the full package, the body, the curves, the the boobs, the vagina, the, you know, the the of course the face, the intellect, everything. And I just have a lot of appreciation for women and and we are beautiful and so, and we come in various wrappers and packages and that's the fun part. So my vagina 
<laughs> I don't know. I can't answer it. I just can't answer it. What does it look like? I don't know. It's got lips. <laughs> it's got, it's very wet. Most of the time, it's very wet. I was just noticing that earlier today. I'm like, damn it. Ugh. Because a lot of times I don't like to wear underwear. And then if I'm wearing pants and it it makes a wet spot in my pants, it's like, ugh. Sometimes it's annoying. Yeah, I would say. I don't know why I have, an, why I have a I have a pretty lubricated vagina most of the time. And I th- honestly, I think that's because I am so... I am thinking about sex a lot, probably more than the average woman. I mean, I have this podcast. I'm always doing little things. The things I talk about that keep a woman's pump primed, like how do you keep your interest in sex? It's like a muscle. It's like exercising. It's just, you got to kind of, you have to do it daily. Otherwise you lose it. You lose, you can lose the desire for it because you get distracted with other things. And women are more, I think we're less, I don't want to say we're, we're not less horny. We're just, it's just, Men are, you are so beyond wired for this. And that's hot. That's really hot. Like that's, these are masculine traits that like, as I'm started, as I talk about those, I get turned on. I'm like, yes, I love that men are just so primal. I love it. And visual, you know, I like, I like all that stuff. I really do. I, I just, I appreciate all that stuff. And, but women, I think we have to cognitively make a little bit more of an effort on a cognitive level to be turned on all the time, you know, to kind of match paces with a guy. Now, I'm not saying there's not the exception, but anyway, so I just don't know about describing my vagina. I think just that it's wet, juicy. I think it's pretty tight and it can, it's very, it's multi-orgasmic. I know you want the visual. I know where you're going with this question. You want to know like, is it brown? Is it pink? Is it da-da-da? Well, I have light skin. I have very light skin, especially down there. Um, never laid out naked with my vagina. <laughs> so my vagina's never had a suntan. So it's just, you know, it's nice and white. And I have a little landing strip. I've been lasered. Um, I have some lips, not long, long, long lips, but I have some lips. And yeah, I mean, I like it. <laughs> it suits me just fine. Okay, that's enough about my vagina. I'm getting embarrassed. There's not a lot of things that would make me blush, but right now, honestly, I'm blushing. Okay, what's on the bucket list for 2022? Ooh, you want a little teaser, huh? Well, I kind of gave one away earlier, I think, on this podcast I was talking about that I think I'm going to... 2022 is going to be more about the effort, putting in the effort, like I did in the very beginning. And, but I'm going to be more of a joiner, which I'm not usually, that's just not, that's out of my comfort zone, but I am. I'm going to be more of a joiner. I'm going to join some more groups, like maybe go to some munches, which I've never even, don't even really know what a fucking munch is. Why do they call it a munch? I'm going to try to get more involved in the BDSM community and meet more people that way. And also probably the swinger community too, because I am definitely curious about that. And I'd love to get more first, get my first experience with couples and then also just just get more into it. I mean, some people swing where you don't have to, they don't have to do, the partner's not always there. It could just be, I could meet like, you know, a couple that sometimes it's the two of them and sometimes I'm one-on-one with the guy, you know? And again, as long as everybody's in agreement and it's all on the level and, you know, that's the lifestyle that people live and you get to be a part of it, then great. I wouldn't do that if the partner didn't know. But yeah, so I think that's 
giving you a little hint. I definitely have my list ready to go, but I don't want to give away too much until I do that episode. Okay. All right. Ooh, last question. I really want to find my G spot. Can I get a copy of the article you read in Cosmo that helped you find yours? Oh, honey, that was so long ago. I mean, like that was just years and years ago. I don't know. You know, I bet you, you could probably go to like Cosmo.com and can't you, I'm sure they have to have a way that you could search and Google like just any article that they've ever had about G-Spot, how to find your G-Spot, discover your G-Spot. And it's probably in there. And I might even take a look for you. If I, if I get some time, I'm not promising anything. If I get some time, I'll try to Google it, Google it and see if I could find it. But you know, it's from years ago, so I don't know. And then I'll send it to you if I do find it. But you could beat me to the punch and I'm sure, I am sure they still have it. I, I would imagine they've got it in their archives somewhere. So, all right. Well, I hope that helps. Good luck with that. If you do find your G-spot, let me know. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. I was a little disappointed when I was reading, when I did my myths episode, you know, my I've been believing some of these myths. And I do think that, I do think when you look at the anatomy of, when you really look at the anatomy of the way a clit looks, and like I described it, it's like a, crab legs, you know, it's kind of like it's got legs that go down the side and down the back. And so it makes sense that those nerves are running right behind that little spongy spot that, and you could, and you can stimulate them and get them, you know, and have an orgasm that way. But it definitely takes a little bit of mastery and playing around with yourself and getting, just getting to feel all of that. But really, the clit is quite elaborate. It's not just that little button, you know, it's not just the actual part that sticks out, that little bean, you know, it's it's all, it's that part and then this whole just highway of nerves all, all inside and all around on the side down. It's amazing. So if you really start to have some fun, get a good partner or just play with yourself, you'll really get more familiar with it. I mean, it really starts with you. First thing, you really got to get familiar with yourself. Otherwise, it'll just be hit or miss by the partner you have, you know, really depending on what he knows or doesn't know. And it does stand to reason that you should know more about your body than he does. Although I tell you, there's been guys that came along and they knew more, you know, they taught me, guys have taught me plenty. Don't, I'm not counting them out. I'm just saying it's great when a guy comes along and teaches you stuff and you already have a good mastery. Then- Woohoo, you are cooking with gas. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for the great questions. You know, I always love to interact with you. I love talking with you. I love, I just love having you guys. I love that you listen. All of you faceless, nameless people out there. It's, I still even can't believe it. I'm starting season six on the 19th, guys. On the 19th, that's the official first time I was on December 19th. I think 2016 was my first podcast. Was it 2016? I believe so. Yes. And so this will be, this will be the start of season six. And I'm very excited. I'm so grateful. I can't believe where it ended up. I can't believe where it started. I can't believe I'm still here doing this and that you guys actually listen to me and enjoy this stuff. But I am so thankful and I love and appreciate every single one of you. I really, really do. I want you to know that. And I hope everyone's staying happy, healthy, safe. Don't be afraid to reach out. 
I love hearing from you. Voicemail's my favorite. Of course, I do answer emails like I did today. These are all just random questions that get sent in, but I do love voicemails. They're my absolute favorite. All right. And I get a little more personalized with you when I do a voicemail. Okay. So go to the website, curiousgirldiaries.com. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side and let it rip. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.